Chambersburg Church of God. Oh, really? I got to work around that thing? Oh. I mean, Hello? Hello, Matt? I was visiting Chambersburg Church of God, and uh, the pastor that is the pastor, he's not there now. He, never mind. You don't even know that. And, uh, but I was visiting, and, and he, was, he went to the doctor. This guy's young looking. I mean, he looks like he's like 20 years old, and, but he's a pastor pastor. And um, so the doctor's like, well, what do you do? He's like, well, I'm a pastor. And the, the doctor's like, well, are you a youth pastor? He's like, no. I'm a pastor. I'm a real pastor. I'm a pa-. And he went in his big rant. And there I sit in the audience. And he, I went up to him afterwards. I was like, dude, I love that. That was awesome. And he's like, oh, man. He said, I didn't go nearly as crazy as I did first service. He said, when I looked out there and saw you, I was like, yeah, I better lighten this one up. <laughs> Matthew 4.18. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, they were casting a net into the sea since they were fishermen. Okay, I, got I think I got my computers backwards compared to normal, so I got to get used to this here. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you have. It only matters what you do with what you have. I don't know what talk I did here last time. If it's the same one, too bad. Maybe you didn't hear it right the last time, and maybe that's why I'm giving it again, but I don't think I did this one. But you know what? It doesn't matter how much you make, how gifted you are, how much time you got left on this planet, because you all probably have a lot more time than me. It doesn't matter how influential, athletic, popular, pretty, successful, none of these things matter. It doesn't matter if you're the kind of kid who got the lead part in the musical, if you're that person they hid in the dark and made you wear black clothes so that the audience did not see you moving props around. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you were the starting quarterback, the first kid that got cut, if you're the one that washes those nasty uniforms for the football players. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're one of those people that's begging to be up here on this stage talking or if maybe the idea of it makes you want to vomit to stand in front of people because your nerves would be that messed up. None of this matters. None of it matters. It only matters what you do with what you had. Jesus saw two brothers casting a net into the sea. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father mending their nets. It doesn't matter what you have. It only matters what you do with what you have. There's this game. There's this game and almost everybody's playing it. Think of every video game you possibly can. And I'm telling you what. This game is bigger than all of those added together. They're bigger than every game. The question is, are you playing the game? Are you in the game? I play the game. I play the game. What's the game? You know, for some people, it's more of a reality than, than what it is a game. Uh, you know, I, I play the game. Almost everybody plays the game. Maybe everybody plays the game. But you know what I've noticed about the game? Those that seem to have it all together or, or, or those who appear to be winning it, they're like stuck in the game. The ones that seem like they're next level of this game, it's like they're trapped in the game instead of actually playing it. Do you play the game? Jesus saw two brothers casting a net into the sea since they were fishermen. He saw two other brothers mending their nets. Here's a question for you. Who considers themselves average? Let's talk about the idea of being average. You know, I think most people would probably consider th- themselves average. I mean, let, let's be honest. Uh, if you weren't average, you probably wouldn't be here tonight. 
you, you would probably be on a set of some movie studio maybe or a Disney kid. Well, you're all too old to be a Disney kid by now probably. I don't know how that works. You'd at least be on America's Got Talent if you weren't average. Got the good part in High School Musical. That's right, Fiedka, Fiddler on the Roof. That's right. Yeah, I'd like three lines. You know what? If you weren't average, you probably would have gotten a full ride to college, whether it was for your brains or for, for sports. Or if you're really good, you'd be playing in the NBA, the NFL, or um, you know, maybe you'd be right here where this guy is if you weren't so average. You know what? I think it's important. I think it's important for us to have an awareness as to who we are, no matter how average you think you are. You know, I said I played a game, right? I played the game. Do you know what the game is yet? It's the comparison game. Do you play the comparison game? I play the comparison game. You know, I, 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 think, about, I, I think about, well, this guy. I'm like, why can't I look like that guy? Why can't I look like him? I don't even know who he is, but I looked up best looking man in America, and that dude's face came up. Why couldn't I look like that instead of this? You know, I think about why can't I be ripped like that? I know. I'm, why not? Why can't I sound like this guy? You know, I hear him in commercials and I'm like, dude, why can't I have that guy's voice instead of this voice? But, but seriously, you want to know who I wish I was? You know who I compare myself and say, why can't I be like that? I want to be Jake from State Farm. <laughs> I am not lying. I want to be Jake from I love Jake. I love Jake. I played the game. I still play the game, and, well, you play the game too, probably. If only I looked like, were as athletic as, skinny as, rich like, sing like. You fill in your blank. You fill in your blank. That's who I see me as. That's who everybody else sees me as. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus was walking along beside the lake and he saw four average fishermen. You know, I used to be a rapper. Don't know if you knew that, but yeah, I used to be a rapper for about 11, uh, about almost 10 years. And uh, when, whenever we were first getting started, we did DC Talks material. For those of you who are too young, which is all of you, uh, Toby Mack was DC Talk back in the day. And I would study Toby. I would study Toby Mack and I would watch his videos and he used to do this thing where he would like rap and his mouth would go all crooked, right? I'd look in the mirror, I'd rap and I'd make my mouth go crooked. And, and you know what I figured out? I figured I, I'm, I'm, I'm no Toby Mack. I, I figured out in time I'm no Toby Mack. Uh, DC Talk ended up with uh, Jesus Freak, the, 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 the album, and it, it sold over a million. Meanwhile, brother to brother... Man, we sold like 475 CDs. Jesus Freak went platinum while brother to brother went plastic. But you know what? I knew I made it big. I knew I made it big in the rap world because one, one day I, I was out yard sailing, right? I was out yard sailing. That's my brother Eric, by the way, if you're wondering. And uh, I, 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 these people came to me and said, Greg, I saw your CD at a yard sale. I'm like, where's it at? Where's it at? So I go to this yard sale and I'm looking through their stuff. And, and you know, I, I, I knew that I made it big. You know why? Because that thing was $1.50. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I've seen bigger name bands than me go for like $1.50. 
So don't tell me I didn't make it big in the rap world because I'm telling you I made it big. But I played a game. I played a game. You know, I think, why, why can't I be smart like my friend Marshall? You all familiar with HDMI? You know what that is? HDMI, it's in like every computer, every TV. It's what I'm connected with. My friend Marshall is a part of the team who developed HDMI. He is still developing and he travels all over the world. I don't know what kind of money he makes, but I'm a curious guy. I like to know, what do you make, Marshall? And I think, why can't I be smart? Why can't I be smart like Marshall? You know who Marshall wanted to be? Well, let's go back to elementary school. Playground, elementary school. We used to play punch ball instead of kickball. Weird, I know, but we did. I still don't understand where it came from, but we did that. And I was like the bomb. I was like the bomb on the punch ball field, right? Well, one day it was my turn to be the captain. And, and I'm, I'm a competitor. I, I like to win. I, I don't cry anymore. I stopped doing that like two years ago if I lose. Um, but... I like to win. Well, this one day, I got to be the captain. Sixth grade, elementary school, went to sixth grade back in the day. And, and yeah, uh, no, don't even picture a house, little house in a prayer, okay? Get out of that thought, all right? <laughs> but I got to be captain. And for whatever reason, that day, I'm like, Marshall, the worst athlete in sixth grade. I'm picking him first. And so I'm, I'm there, and they're like, all right, Greg, what's your first pick? I said, I'm taking Marshall. Everybody's like, what is wrong with Greg today? And I picked Marshall. I just like, he's my friend. I'm picking him first because he always gets picked last. It's a sixth-grader brain. It doesn't matter what you have. It only matters what you do with what you have. So get this. About five years ago, that's 35 years, 40 years, I don't know, after sixth grade, Marshall, Mr. HDMI, posts on his Facebook page, I will never forget the day Greg Hench picked me first to be on his team. Sixth grade, Mr. HDMI still remembers the day he got picked first. And then he went on to say how terrible of an athlete he was and all this stuff. I made an impact that day. It doesn't matter what you got. It only matters what you do with what you've got. You know, I've been to a lot of events. I've heard a lot of speakers. I remember whenever I was in high school, I would go to different events and they'd have special speakers. Like, man, why couldn't I have that story? Well, why couldn't I have that exciting of a story in my life instead of the boring story that I had? And, and, and I would listen to that. And, and then as I've grown up and I've been taking youth kids to events, I, I hear these stories. I'm like, man, that'd be cool to have that story. That would be cool if everybody were just captivated and would listen to what I have to say. And I'm like, why can't I have Todd White's story? Why can't I have a cool story like Todd? Todd, Todd was a drug dealer. Before he was a pastor, he was a drug dealer. And, and, and one day, Todd gets his crazy idea. He pulls up along the curb in his car, and there's another drug dealer standing on the curb. And he's like, hey, get in my car. And then he tells this other drug dealer, I'm an undercover cop. You give me your drugs, and I won't arrest you. And this dude hands over his drugs to him. He kicks him out of the car. He starts to drive away as fast as he can. This other drug dealer pulls out his gun. Boom, 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 boom. Unleashes like 10 bullets from 10 feet away. And Todd didn't get hit by one bullet. 10 feet. That's not likely. Wait, wait, you want crazier? His car didn't get hit. His car didn't get hit by one bullet. 
But you want crazier than that? Over the noise of the bullets or the excitement or whatever. He heard a voice in his car. I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me? Man, why can't I have that story? That's cool. But that's not who God designed me to be. That's not who Greg Kent is. You want to hear my big story? You want to hear how bad I was? I cursed one. I was playing baseball, swung at the ball, totally missed it. Man, you, you could not believe how loud I yelled this curse word. It was like, well, you want the truth? I doubt the, cur- the, the catcher even heard it. Mumbled <laughs> that thing under my breath. That's how bad I, you want to hear about my life of crime? So I was about 19 years old or so, and this girl's like, I, I, I come back from California. That makes me sound cool. Come back from California, and, and, and the neighbor girl's like, hey, would you go to homecoming with me? I'm like, yeah, sure, just friends thing. I don't know if she had ulterior motives or not, like hoping to marry me, because let's face it, that's a prize catch right there. <laughs> but we went to the Holly Inn. Four of us, we eat a meal. I'm like, I spent a good bit of money here. Not real crazy about my meal. And I used to hear friends talk about how they would go to different restaurants and they would take the mugs. So I talked, I was like, hey, sit Let's take our mugs. Kind of a justification thing to make up for the money that I spent that I wasn't happy about the meal. And I said, let's take the mugs. So all four of us took the mugs. You know what? I couldn't, I couldn't drive past the Holly Inn without guilt rattling my soul. That's what happens when you're a Christian man. God's going to rattle your soul. And, and every time I would drive up to, to Fuller Lake to play volleyball, I'm like, there's the Holly Inn. There's the people whose mugs I stole. And I took responsibility for all four of them. I don't know if I told my youth kids this story or if I told a couple of them, but, but you all know, I don't know how many of you know Kyle Gray. How many know Kyle? All right, so, so one day, Kyle, he's one of my youth kids. So Kyle calls me up, or somehow we ended up on the phone together, and he's like, hey, Greg, he said, did you ever pay for those mugs? I was like, no, I didn't. I said, how about we do that? One of us said, how about we do that today? So I call up to Holly Inn. I'm like, hey, how much are those mugs? that you serve your drinks in. It's about $5 a piece. I said, all right, I'll be right over. And so Kyle and I drove to the Holly Inn and I paid him 20 bucks for the four mugs that I stole. That's my life of crime. <laughs> that's really intense, Greg. I'm the guy with the boring story. I'm the guy that's nothing real exciting about me. But, but as I consider all the speakers I've heard and all the crazy stories, I play the game. I played a game. Why, why, why can't I have Tony Nolan's story? Why can't I have an exciting story that when he tells his story of how his mom was a prostitute and, not, and, and she was a mentally ill prostitute that ended up in a mental hospital and, and he was actually born in the hospital and she couldn't take care of him so he ends up in the foster care system where he's abused and then he gets adopted That sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good. That is until he has a father that hates him and would beat him up and would remind him repeatedly how sorry he is that he ever spent $200 to adopt him, that he wasn't worth that $200. Who wants that story? Who wants wants to be that person? What do I have that compares to that, really? What, 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 What do I got? You know what? I got spankings when I was a kid. Oh yeah, Tony got nothing on me, huh? My parents used to give me spankings and, and I was the sensitive child, you gotta understand. So, so one, I remember one time we got spanked and I went upstairs, I'm bawling my eyes out, I was the softy. 
I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like, my parents hate me. They hate me. My brother comes up. My brother Brandon comes up, and he's like, that didn't hurt. He's like, they hit me harder than you. And I'm, I'm, I'm all upset. Well, after all this calms down, I crawl under my bed. Crawl under my bed. There was a heater vent underneath my bed, and I could hear everything that goes on in the living room. So I'm sitting there, and I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for my parents to be like, oh, that Greg is such a disappointment. Oh, I'm just sorry that he's our son. I'm waiting here. You know what? I heard nothing. Nothing. I was so loved. I grew up in an environment so full of love and, and fun. And my mom was crazy. and She was fun. A good crazy. I really don't have bad stories from my childhood. I don't. How about my friend Tyra? My friend Tyra there on the right. Who wants her story? Look at all those awesome kids. She, she adopted three. I think three of those kids. Three are hers. And those kids have been through pretty hellish life before they came to her. But, but, but Tyra, I don't want her story. You know, every time that I hear Tyra speak, and I've heard her speak a lot, and I've booked her to, to come places to speak, but almost every time that I hear her talk, I, I cry. It, her stories make me cry. Not, not the story of, uh, of when she was little, and her mom would kick her out of the house and lock the door and wouldn't let her back in. That didn't, that didn't make me cry. Um, when, when her and her sisters would go looking for food in a dumpster, and, and her sisters would teach her how much gray could be on the ham, but it'd still be okay to eat, that, 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 didn't, that story didn't make me cry. Or the time that her foot went right down into a big pile of maggots. Oh, yeah, they're, they're sad, but, but they, they don't make me cry. You know what? You know what makes me cry? Mom's a drug addict. Having a party downstairs, and, and she was upstairs, and her sister said, hey, we're about to go out. If you hear footsteps coming up those steps, you crawl underneath the bed, and you curl up your feet as far as you can, and don't you let them get you. And the sisters leave, and she hears the footsteps coming up. Drug addict who's tired of mom, who's passed out, might have puke on her and stuff. And this... This drug addict's coming up the steps. And he reaches under that bed and he grabs Tyra. And he has his way with her. This dirty, nasty, stinky drug addict. With this poor, little, innocent, eight-year-old. That, that'll make me cry. The time that she, she was in, when she was in high school and she had this awesome teacher, Mrs. Collier, and, and Mrs. Collier worked with her and, and she said, I'm, I'm going to, are you going to go to college, Tyra? And she's like, I'm not going to college. She says, I'm going to stay home and take care of my little brother, Joe. Kid, he had special needs. And, and, uh, and she's like, no, I can't go to college. I got a plan. I'm going to work at McDonald's. She says, no, you're going to college. And Mrs. Collier worked with her. And she ended up getting her a full ride to, to Murray State University. And, and so when she announced, when, she, when Mrs. Collier was able to tell her, look, you got this thing. She says, here's one catch. You need to go tell your mom. You need to tell your mom that you got this full ride scholarship. And so she's like, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. And she's like, you got to tell her. And, and Tyra goes home and she wakes up her mom. She says, mom, mom, I got great news. I want to tell you. I want to tell you. And mom's like, what is it? And she's like, Mrs. Collier helped me, and I, I, got, I got a full-ride scholarship. We don't have to pay any money. I'm, I'm able to go to college. Her mom was so ticked. 
Her mom's like, don't you ever, didn't I tell you, don't you ever wake me up unless this house is on fire? And she beat the snot out of Tyra that day, had her on the ground kicking her and punching her. That story, that one makes me cry. Who wants Tyra's story? I don't want Tyra's story. No one wants Tyra's story. My buddy Runks, six foot seven redneck from Texas. Don't get any more redneck than my man. He's probably spoken to over a million kids. You know what he wants? He wants my story. Runks would like to have my story. The kid who was sexually abused as a kid, and I'm thinking, that doesn't happen to boys. That doesn't happen to boys. Yes, it does. It happens to boys. It happens to girls. Six foot seven, pure-blooded, funniest man on the planet that I know. Hiding behind humor. A man with some of the deepest scars that can exist. But you know what? I hear these stories. I hear these stories. And I like hearing them. Not because of how horrendous they are and how terrible they are. But, but these folks that I go places to and I listen to them on stage... You know what they bring? They bring hope to a bunch of kids who are in the same situation as them. They offer the idea that there is a life worth living beyond what you are suffering now. And I'm dealing with these kids. I'm in a tiny little youth group of about 20 kids. And in that youth group, there is so much hurt and so much pain, it is unbelievable. So for me, to take them someplace and let them hear Tyra's story, and they'll know that there is hope and there is healing and there is a future that's worth living. That's why I like to hear their stories. When everyone else looks at a Todd White, they see a punk drug addict. God, God saw somebody it was worth talking to and taking the bullets for. When Tony Nolan was adopted for a mere $200 that a dad regretted spending, God saw priceless. When I look at Tyra, I could see a little nobody, eight-year-old girl from Kentucky that had never amount to anything, but maybe a drug addict like their mom. God saw priceless. He saw a world changer. And when people looked at, look at Runks, they could see this little boy that was abused Little boy that grew up to be a man who hid behind humor because of the wrongs done to him. But God saw a masterpiece. Jesus was walking along the shore and saw four fishermen. You want to know what Tyra told me? Tyra said, Greg, I want my kids. I want you to have an impact on my kids because I want my kids to have your story. I want my kids to have the boring story. I want my kids to grow up like you. As the kid in Sunday school would be like, oh, I know the answer. I know the answer and I would answer questions in Sunday school. I, I was the kid in youth group who at the end of youth group, youth pastor would be like, hey, who would like to close a prayer? I was that weird kid. Yeah, who does that in high school? Nobody. Nobody's begging to say that close. I was that weird kid. She wants her kids to be that kid. 
She wants her kids to not fight about going to church. She wants her kids to look forward to Wednesday nights when there's youth group. She wants her kids that maybe the worst thing you ever do is swear one word and steal a mug. She wants a boring story for her kids. My teenage years, as I looked at people on the big stage, there was that part of me that said, why can't I have that cool story? When all along, the people on that stage would have killed to have my story. Growing up, uneventful, boring, average. You know whose story I want? I want mine. That's what I want. I want my story. The average. You know, you look up average in the, in the dictionary. My picture's there. You know what the average height of a man is in the United States of America? Five feet nine and a little bit. Guess how tall I am? Boom. Five nine and a half. I am number three of five guys. You can't get any more average than that because I'm right in the middle of it all. I got C's growing up. A whole bunch of them. Lots of them. I drive a minivan. Mm-hmm. You know what I can't wait for? I can't wait to get another minivan. One of those one where the seats fold down into the floor. I'll know I have arrived. That's how average I am. Ran cross country. I was the third to slowest guy on the team. Girls passed me. And we got a 30-second head start. And they still passed me. I shouldn't say girls. There was one. Getting the idea of how average I am? You get the picture of just how vanilla. I mean, I'm so average. Guess what my favorite ice cream is? No, man, it's cookies and cream. What's wrong with you? <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> you want to hear some earth-shattering struggles of mine? I spit when I talk. My, my computer screens are disgusting when I'm done preaching. I slurp. My brothers make fun of me. I'll be like, I have these overactive salivary glands, right? And so sometimes you've got to pull one of those so it's not like going that way. Right. And my brothers, they're like, hey, Greg, what's up? And they're doing this stuff. I'm like, you guys are so ignorant. You're such punks. Anybody have allergy problems? We got any of those people who are like, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised my wife has not killed me in my sleep. Because I wake myself up itching my throat like that. I, I always debate whether I should tell this next thing or not because it's pretty personal and rather weird and disgusting. But I feel at home here. I got booger problems. I do. I had surgery a number of years ago on my vocal cords. Ever since that surgery, I've had booger problems. I have to every night before I go to bed. I take a Q-tip, put Neosporin on it, and smear the inside of it. Because if I go like two days without doing it, I get these little boogers that form right at the end of my nose. You want to know how embarrassing that is? I don't appreciate your laughter, young lady. This is real struggle in life. No, you can laugh. It's okay. I see you living in fear. Like, I'm not laughing. No way. No. Not after that. My name's Hench. You know what Matt's got to look forward to? Ear hair and nostril hairs. Yep. The struggle's weird. Real, buddy. Buddy, you're going you're gonna to get there. Was Jesus, what was, what was Jesus like? What was he like? You know, you know what Isaiah 53 says? He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire. He was average. Somebody once said Jesus was probably like five foot six. If you study Jewish culture and go back, he's probably like five foot six too. That's weird. 
I'd be looking down at Jesus. That don't seem right. That doesn't seem right that I'd be like, what's up, little man? That, that's just, I don't know. I can't grasp that and wrap my head around it. But we would think that he would have been like tall, good looking. And, and that's the kind of person that God would send as his son and make him look like. But I mean, when I think of a, a description of what I would have made Jesus look like if I were God, and I was Zach Ephron. That's what I would have made him look like. That's, that's where I am. But, but from the description of Isaiah 53, he was, he was average or less than average. And, and it goes on to describe him as having nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Hmm. Who feels like that sometimes? Today, the old man on this stage, this boring vanilla, no exciting story growing up, I'm speaking to you, the average person. The kid who felt guilty at, when you swore that one time, talking to you, to, to the kid that looked at porn that one time and, and, and the guilt just rattled your soul, talking to you, to the kid that struggled all through school with reading disabilities and, and the inability to grasp and, and, and read this paragraph and get to this one and have no clue what you just read there, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Jesus walking along the lake and he chooses two fishermen. First two he chooses, two fishermen. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Four fishermen. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? He wants to change the world. He wants to make a transition from the Old Testament church to the New Testament Christian church, and he starts with four fishermen. Who's going to do that? That sounds like a plan for failure if you ask me. You know what? It's also believed that except for Peter, these other guys were teenagers. So he's choosing three teenagers possibly and a hot-headed fisherman. This sounds like a terrible way to change the world. These guys were average, possibly less than average. And how do we know that? Because the scholars didn't want them. At about the age of 13, Hebrew boys would be taken to the, church, the, the, the Jewish leadership and they would quiz them. The good ones, they kept and continued schooling them. You know what happened to the rest? They became fishermen or farmers or some type of a laborer. These guys were the failures. They were the average guys of the day. Why would Jesus choose fishermen and why teenagers? If I were choosing, if I were Jesus and I were the one choosing, I want to make a difference, I would have, I would have chose people who were smart and influential. I would have, I would have chose people who, who were well-spoken. And when they speak, people would want to listen to them. Not fishermen. And definitely not teenagers. If I wanted to start a revolution, if I wanted to change the world and bring in the, the first century Christian church, I would not have chosen those who Jesus chose. I would have chosen the same ones that all the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the religious leaders 
chose. You know, one of the phrases Jesus put on them, you, you travel across land and sea to, to recruit one of these, and then, they, and then you make them twice the son of hell is what you are. They're the same people I would have chosen. Jesus chose fishermen. Jesus chose average. He started by choosing four fishermen. Four average, plain, vanilla fishermen. Who else did Jesus choose? As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Are you kidding me? A tax collector mixed in with fishermen? You want to know who the fishermen would hate more on this planet than anybody else? Tax collectors. They were traitors. They were traitors to the Hebrew people by working for the Roman government. And then they ripped their own people off like crazy. And that's how they became rich. They were hated by their own people. And Jesus just said, Matthew, follow me. I don't know if you watched The Chosen or not. But the scene where he picks Matthew, I love it. Oh, it's, it's incredible. You got to understand in their culture, there were sinners and then there were tax collectors. They had a status lower than sinners. Jesus was walking by the lake and he saw two men fishing with their dad. He saw two others mending nets. Jesus saw a tax collector. He told all of them, follow me. I got to thinking, who does God use now? Who's he using to change the world? I got a job once because the pastor told his board, God does not call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And I got a job as a youth leader, paid youth leader like that. You know this guy, Jason Gray? Great singer, great songwriter. The dude stutters. You ever heard his testimony? You ever heard him talk? The man stutters. How could God use somebody that stutters? He does. And he uses his testimony of stuttering to reach people. How am I on time, Matt? Preston Sensuolo. I was at Creation Festival. And there's this guy up on stage. And he's up there speaking. And I'm listening to this guy. And I'm like, man, this dude doesn't sound too intelligent. I'm like, I could do what he's doing. I could probably do what he's doing. I could probably do better than what he is. I'm listening to some of the words he's using. I'm like, that's not even correct English. And he shares his testimony. He was the special needs kid in school. He was the kid who rode the short bus. He was the kid everybody else called retard. He was the kid that got abused by everybody because he was the special needs kid. Some of the stuff done to him was criminal. He was abused that bad. All he ever wanted to be was average. And he was less than that. Now he speaks all over the world. God is using Preston Sensuolo. And he looks like Shrek. His joke, not mine. Jason David. This guy does videos for children, teaching videos. And, and uh, so my pastor sends me this video. He said, hey, I think the kids would, be, would like this guy. And so I'm, I, I click on it and I'm listening. I said, and, and he's like, and then, and then Jonah, and then Jonah got on the boat and he was going the wrong direction. And, 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 and so they threw him overboard. I'm like, this dude is annoying. I'm like, I can't take it. My pastor wants me to use this guy. And I'm, I'm like, well, maybe there's more to the story. I'm thinking he's just using this funny voice. And, and so I look up his testimony. The dude used to be a worship leader. And then he got 
tongue cancer and had to get part of his tongue cut out and then it came back and he had to go through this all over again to the point he was looking up ways to die and now God is using him bigger than he ever used him before making these videos and speaking and stuff like that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're in the highest level classes or if you're the kid like Preston who struggles the whole way through it, it, it only matters what you have it doesn't matter the abilities you have it only matters what you do with the abilities you have so now my question is what are you going to do with what you got because if all you're going to do is keep coming back here on Wednesday nights it's good it's good. I'm glad you're here. But what are you going to do with the abilities and the gifts that God has given you? Because if you're not using them, you're wasting them. you got a difference to be made out there. You all are around non-Christians in your workplaces and stuff like that. You need to make a difference. You are called to make a difference. God's using this guy. Mr. Whole Bunch of C's all through school. The guy with the boring story. In March, I get to stand on a big stage in Ocean City, Maryland. And I'm one of the keynote speakers. And I'm pumped. Because this is my message. What can God do with the average? He can do lots. What are you going to do with it? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the forge. Thank you for all the work that my son and beautiful daughter-in-law put into this. And I thank you for the young people to come out to this. And I pray, I pray that you will inspire them to do. Not because they should, but because they desire to. Because if they find the thing that brings them joy and value and worth by working and helping others. Move in their hearts, I pray. Let's hear it for Greg. Thank you. Uh, you can stay up here just for a second, okay? Okay. Um, Do you want to keep recording? A, yeah, you're good, you're good. Um, so I, talking about comparison, I think that's something that like a lot of us can relate to. Probably everybody can relate to, like you said. And um, there was a story about comparison, uh, and I'll probably get it wrong because it's not my story, uh, but a guy named Eric Samuel Tim um, once was talking about comparison. He said there's a story of a guy in New York and he went and illegally bought a baby tiger. And this guy took this baby tiger back to his house, uh, his apartment, and raised this baby tiger. And it got bigger and he fed it and it was his pet. They had a good relationship, the baby tiger and him. And, uh, but then the baby tiger, the guy, the tiger's owner, hadn't been seen for a while, but there was a, a horrible smell coming from the door of this guy's apartment. So um, some of his neighbors call the police and the police show up. They don't know what's going on, but they smell it and they take a saw and they cut out a hole in the door and looked through and there was a full-size tiger walking through the apartment and it had eaten its owner. And that's what the smell was. And his point to that was that 
the tiger is comparison. It might start real small. You think, oh, this is okay. This isn't hurting anybody. But it's going to grow, it's going to grow, and it's going to kill you. The tiger's comparison. Um, so, again, appreciate my dad, Greg, coming. Can I get a volunteer to pray for him?